We're back. Welcome to another episode of Time Added On. And it's a happy Sunday, Tom. How are you? We've actually got a win to talk about, which I, I'm I'm in shock. I'm in absolute shock. Um, doesn't it feel good, though? It feels great that we can be happy for a change. No, it bugged me. Um, <laughs> I got quite used to just uh, moaning. Forest this is like therapy, wasn't it? Every well, Sunday, like, Sunday yeah. night therapy. I love moaning, and I was getting quite used to the fact that, you know what, I don't even need to watch Forest now. I can just watch all that terrible telly um, and sod Forest off. No, obviously, it's lovely to be back and um, and uh, actually have a Forest win for, for, for a change. But, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully that carries on for the for the future of the season there. And we are back again. Obviously, only did an episode on Thursday night. It's been a, a hectic week, hasn't it? It's, uh, it, it's never dull being a Forest fan, but obviously this week has been uh, more hectic than, than not. Obviously, we had the midweek game, Houston getting sacked Thursday morning. Obviously, we did the Thursday uh, Thursday evening episode to talk about that. Obviously, great response to that, so thank you to everyone that listened. Um, we were really amazed by the take-up of that episode. Um, but it, it has been chaotic, and I, I think... More so, there's a huge relief, obviously, because we needed, I mean, let's, let's not beat around the bush, we needed a win, we needed the three points, but it, it felt more than just the wind in it, that there was that huge sigh of relief. Uh, at the end of a week, obviously, not I, you know, no one was dancing for joy, I don't think, well, some people might have been dancing for joy, obviously, with Chris Hewton going, but the club just needed a, a, a bit of a lift. And now you hope, obviously, that can be, we've said it times, but you just hope now that can be, a platform that they could go and build on and, and fingers crossed the season starts now for us really, although we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Yeah. And I think we were two people, weren't we? When Chris Hewton was appointed, we were two people with very different um, opinions on his appointment. I think but, we're about to have two different opinions on Steve Cooper as well, but we'll touch I on think that so. Later. We'll touch on that. But, but I think, um, you know, we, we were two people with two different uh, opinions of it. And even then, though, we still had the same opinion of giving him a bit of time and trying to get this club going without having the same old rigmarole of a new manager in a, uh, a new space all the single time. But the problem was it, it got to a point and we both went to the game in, in midweek and it did just feel like that was the end of the road. It, it really was the not the perfect end, but the perfect ending of a, a summary, I suppose, of a, of a manager's reign. Um, and as much as obviously, you know, Chris Hewton is a lovely man, no doubt in that. Everyone in the media loves him um, and no doubt about it. You know, I felt sorry for it. I was at Stoke away and I can remember him going down the tunnel. and I felt, oh my word, like the, the abuse he was getting. But but it felt like a little bit of a, right, we did really need a change. And uh, I feel like this week has been a bit of a fresh air and a bit of a sigh of relief in, in a way. Uh, not because of him as a person, which sometimes that can happen, but uh, it did need, the club needed something. And, and this is just felt like it, it could be it, but we'll see what happens. It just feels a million times better. It, you know, waking up on a Sunday. I actually, I actually watched the highlights on Quest last night. And that was the first time I'd watched that show since the opening day of the season, which says speaks volumes. Well, again, I'd rather be watching something else. I could watch repeats of Taskmaster or something, do you know what <laughs> I mean? But now I've got to watch uh, watch. Uh, yeah, it was great. But, but it was actually it was nice, and and uh, and, and obviously there's a couple of posts on 
on the forums where you can go through. Uh, someone does it where obviously it, it kind of summarises the uh, opposition supporters' views on their forums. And I had a flick through that as well. It was wonderful. Uh, it was. It's been. It's been great. And long, long may it continue. Look, we're going to sit and obviously we're going to talk about the, the game yesterday. We'll review that in a bit more detail. We're going to talk about Steve Cooper in a little bit more depth as well. And then we'll look ahead to, to Millwall, obviously, on Saturday, which uh, another home game. Hopefully, it will be Steve Cooper's first first game in charge. So we'll look. We'll love a look a little look at Millwall and what they obviously will bring to the table. Um, it is a Forest podcast. We do have to probably just talk about what has been the biggest story in the Championship this week. We thought it would be Forest, obviously, sacking yet another manager. Um, Mel Morris had other ideas, obviously, down the road, down the A52 on Friday night. Um, obviously, Derby, we talked at length. Obviously, we had Rams Review. We had the Rams Review podcast on um, a, a couple of weeks ago ahead of the Forest Derby game. We talked at length then about you know, the, the troubles that Derby were having and what was around the corner. And obviously, we were aware of the points deduction that we're going to have for, for, for breaching financial fair play. Don't think we saw administration we was i think there was always a threat there but that came out of the blue on friday night tom didn't it um i think it took everyone well wayne rooney was talking about how it took him by surprise he was watching telly and didn't know until he saw it there um yeah i mean big big story potentially you know 21 points some people saying today it could be 16 points but but whatever anything above 12 you think derby are really in trouble bookmakers have obviously suspended taking odds of them um, getting relegated, the knock-on effects could be uh, catastrophic for, for years come. Potentially another uh, points deduction next year um, if they were in the in League One. Um, I mean, it's a it's a massive story. Take out the fact it's Derby, obviously for us it's huge. But take out the fact it's Derby, uh, another year in the Championship where another club looks like it's going to be relegated due to a points deduction. Yeah, the first thing I'd say is obviously, like you said, we had Rams of you on who, who were superb and um, explained the situation in a very amicable way without, you know, even before that game against us, we're not um, not too diggy, obviously, as, as it can go, I suppose, before a Forest Derby game. But they were brilliant in, it, in explaining what the situation was. The vibe I got from them, though, actually was... Um, I don't even think they expected this to happen. I think they felt this was all going to get cleared up. I, you could have read that differently. Chris, no, but... I agree. My, my take out of that podcast was that um, it was about it was about how little damage could they do from the financial fair play mm-hmm. restrictions. Obviously, um, potential there of talking of it. Well, it was a nine a nine point penalty yeah. suspended free. For not paying the way, you know, if they, you know, if they failed to to meet the players' wages, it would become a twelve-point penalty. There was obviously talk about could they get that down? Could they get that under nine? And if they could get that under nine, then that would be a result and obviously give them a a, a, a real fighting chance, I would say, to stay up because they've had quite a, quite a good start uh, in the circumstances given the transfer embargo that they're under. That was the vibe I got. The administration vibe. Um, yeah, I, would, I don't. I, that has come as a surprise. I think all round. I think Derby fans included. Yeah, and I think you know. Look, um, I'm not going to take the Derby side away, like you said. I think, obviously, as a Forest fan, look, there is a bit of um, 
a joy you take, I suppose, from the fact that we went through the the rubbish we did under Fawaz um, and the joy they got. And we're now taking a little bit of joy as well from, from them. I suppose the other part of it, though, is it's quite easy, I think, and I've seen this a lot on Twitter, is, um, is Forest fans um, maybe not understanding why there might be some sympathy. Um, and some of that sympathy probably comes because there's relatives or deceased relatives or friends or whatever it is who they know, you know, we're, we're not far apart from each other who, who support Derby. And so there has to be that sympathy in a way for, for the fans and a sympathy for the businesses around the club. But look, there is no sympathy for the ownership and for those fans that have probably rubbed it in before about their ownership uh, when we were on, on the demise in a way uh, under Fawaz, um, their ownership really has let them down. Um, it is just amazing to see that story. Um, and the fact, obviously, they've blamed the AFL for, for quite some time, but actually they are just a, an absolute mess. And, and the thing that bewilders me the most, actually, is Forrest were obviously after Lee Buchanan mm. in, the, in, the, in the summer. Um, look, Forrest's valuation of the player was obviously far lower than Derby's valuation of the player. I think we all well, know... They're going to get a lot less now. Well, I, I think Forrest probably knew the situation Derby were in. I think Forrest were trying to be clever. Now, I don't think Forrest thought they were facing a club and an owner that would be so arrogant yeah. to to turn down a bid. Yeah, yeah. And I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Tom, is it? It's, it's arrogance even today, obviously. Well, it's, it's being proud, isn't it? Yeah. I think if that was another club, it would have been accepted. It was the fact that they were they knew they were deep in the rubbish um, trying to be careful with my language, they were they were deep in the rubbish, um, and the last they didn't want another layer on top of well we've had to sell a player to our local rivals. The truth is though, if they accepted that bid, look, all they would have delayed was the inevitable, but it would have delayed it for a lot of people that need that money uh, and those wages for for a couple of months or three months, whatever it is longer. Accepting a bid for a player which. They, they could have easily have sold. Um, and that just sums up, for me, Derby County Football Club over the last mm. few years. It's pure selfishness. Yeah, and I was look, I was one of those Forest fans who, who tweeted on Friday night that I did have some sympathy. Now, let, let me just clarify that. I do not like Derby County, obviously, as a Forest fan. Uh, actually, having gone to school in Derby for the first eight, nine years... Uh, of my life despised Derby would not be far from the truth but it's more the, the you know yes there is uh, you know Derby fans Forest fans have a lot of banter when when we were in League One they obviously took great delight in that every playoff defeat that we've had they took delight in that flip it on the, on the flip side of that obviously we had great delight when, when Bobby Zamora did them in the final every playoff defeat that Derby have had We've we've rejoiced in that. That's what football's about, right? That rivalry, that 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 kind of banter. That that's what keeps us, you know, keeps it going. That's why that Forest Derby rivalry is is so good. And and as we said in in that in that podcast, we did that it's got fiercer. I think that rivalry in in, in the last probably decade, um, and and it's great, and, and and we love it. And sometimes we probably focus on the other, 
you know, each other a little bit too much and we should probably crack on with our, and watch our own business. For me, it is a it is a sympathy with the fans, whether it'd be Derby, Coventry, whoever, there is a sympathy for the fans because we, you know, you're, the football club that you support is a huge part of, of you. And for them to be, for them to have been treated by their owners and the board the way that they have, that's where my sympathy comes in. Not because it's, you know, Derby, oh, I think that... purely because of the way that, as a football fan, uh, it, it, it's disgusting the way that that club has treated their fans. Now, yes, there is part, you know, let's not be wrong, we, we had messages floating around our WhatsApp group and, you know, we, we do have, a, you know, you do have to have a little smile and some of the stuff that just comes out, it is ridiculous and it's Derby. But as a pure football fan, you have to sympathise sympathise with them to an extent. There'll be others out there that go, well, look, Derby have, have cheated it. You've got to feel sorry for Wickham because obviously Wickham should have theoretically stayed in the league at the expense of Derby last year because they've cheated all round. Like they've cheated. And, and again, I don't dispute that whatsoever. It's more the fact that now the, the situation that Derby find themselves in as a football club, you know, liquidation, I don't think it will get to that, but they are in such a dire shambles of you know that that would be a fear as as, as a fan and um and, and you do have to sympathize with that to an extent yeah and i think there's two things i'd add i know this isn't the derby county podcast so let's, no we're going to move on very let's, quickly yeah let's wrap this up so I'll, yeah i'll do this super quickly the first thing is is that look we currently have ownership at this moment in time that look apparent to to be able to um to invest money without any problems um, and are willing to abide with a kind of a law-abiding chairman uh, who's now part of the EFL um, to be part of financial fair play. But there is no reason at all why that could change quite quickly. And if Forrest went under new ownership, especially American ownership, let's just say, as a random example, um there's no reason why the same couldn't happen to Nottingham Forest Football Club. And the second thing I want to add to that is that we've just gone through a thing called the Super League, which is not at an end. If anyone thinks that is an end, uh, it, it isn't. Um, where I feel like we have to really protect every football league club around us. And if we don't, we are part of the problem in terms of if we all die out, then the Super League will become a thing quicker than we all want it to be. Um, so we have to be really careful. Like I said, and like you've said, I'm quite, obviously, there, there is a smile on my face talking about Derby in some respects, but there's also a disappointment in the way that football league clubs carry on to be treated. And that's mm. by the EFL. And they have to take huge responsibility for their mismanagement of football in this country below the Premier League because yeah. although ownership owners want to carry on investment, uh, carry their investment into these football clubs, there is obviously a reason why these things keep on happening and that, that lies with them in their apparent fit and proper persons test. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there because the one thing I was going to end on and you, you've just wrapped it up nicely is, yes, it's Derby County, yes to a Nottingham Forest fan, that is quite funny, but to every single football league club out there, 
let's not laugh too hard because one day that could could be us or could be another club. Yeah, anyway, let, let's draw a line of that because we've got much happier things to talk about. Um, let's move on to Huddersfield and talk about our first three points of the season. Um, we we came into something, we always thought it was going to be a difficult fixture, especially in the aftermath of, of what's happened in midweek, as we've talked about at the very top. Houston dismissed on Thursday morning. Obviously, Middlesbrough home Wednesday evening. It gives it gave very little time for preparation in terms of uh, any sort of change that obviously wanted to happen, etc., um, or, or time on the training field. Um, tight turnaround, crazy, crazy schedule at times of championship, and this was obviously poor timing, if you like, in terms of uh, sacking after midweek, less than than forty eight hours for Stephen Reid, who stepped up. Uh, to take the role on for presumably just this weekend, we would think at this stage. Um, Huddersfield, great form as well going into it. They were seventh in the league, had a cracking away win, um, beat Blackpool away 3 0 on uh, on Tuesday night. And um, we didn't expect much, did we? I think in last week's episode, I predicted a 2 0 defeat. I think you were pretty similar in that as well. Um, and then, obviously, that was prior to the game and the performance against Middlesbrough. Um, I think we jokingly talked about, you know, I can't remember if we talked about it in the Thursday episode or not. My mindset just switched, and I don't really know why, maybe just blind optimism, blind faith. I did fancy you know, potentially Forrest to, 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 to nick something out of it, not potentially three points, but at least to come away with a point, just on the back of, obviously, it wasn't new manager syndrome. But obviously, that bounce that teams often get once a manager to leaves. But yeah, in reality, that might have just been blind faith. We weren't expecting a lot, were we? No, and I think um, you know after what we saw against Middlesbrough, you can uh, completely understand that that the game was completely and utterly dreadful. That the performance that we saw uh, versus Middlesbrough. Um, but going into this one, I suppose with with Hewton now relieved. From his duties, it was. He might have been relieved, actually. Yeah, thank God I ain't got to tell that mob. Is what <laughs> he was thinking. Um, you know, it was a, a different mindset, even with Stephen Reid, who, who was taking charge. And I, I liked the way that he approached the game and 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 his interviews before. I also want to say a big shout out, big shout out. Uh, but I, I think it's deserving to um, mention Warren Joyce as well, who. Um, has only just recently joined the academy and was kind of his assistant, if you like, if you can call it that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, going into this match, uh, giving him a big helping hand. But he's got quite a lot of experience um, with Man United and a few other clubs um, who I'm sure would have helped helped Reed with, with setting up for this game. And in such a short space of time um, to, to set up a team after a manager's just been sacked, um, is a huge ass. Yeah, he. Um, I think he spoke really well. He spoke well before the game. He spoke well after the game. Both both of his interviews that he did were were really strong. Obviously, talked about the help that he had in terms of the setup. You know, in terms of the the analytics team that Forest now have that that Dame Murphy's implemented at the football club, which obviously helped cut up videos and obviously analysis of the opposition, which obviously helped them decide in a way to in terms of what the setup would, would, would potentially look like. It, it, it obviously was a, was a quick turnaround. As I said, not a lot of time on the training ground. 
Were you surprised, therefore, that it was quite a bold move that he, you know, he's completely changed the formation and gone three-four-three, uh, if you like? Which I'm guessing is something that they've potentially discussed, um, you know, in the background over recent weeks with, with, with Chris Hutton. But I mean, bold. It was a bold choice to, to, to go that to go that way. Obviously, um, some some decent selection choices within that as well it, it was a i mean it's a free hit for stephen reed right but still he said himself that he was nervous going into it um you know it's, it was a big opportunity for Stephen reed and a great experience for him um but i was slightly surprised and we, we, we were chatting beforehand and uh you know potentially we we're looking at what the formation might be in the future under under um under steve cooper not be too far off that i wouldn't have thought no, um, I think when you take a coach who, uh, let's not forget, he he came with Chris Hutton, although not part of his usual backroom staff that he's been with 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 other clubs. Um, you know, when he's when he's come in, obviously you just expect him to kind of maybe just go with safe um, and go with what what Chris probably set out with. Before the before the game started, what he'd prepared maybe uh, previous previously on in the week, and when I saw the the, the formation change, um, I thought fair play to you, lad. You know, uh, big and bold. Um, you know, you get an opportunity as a as a coach. Uh, a, a few people, can I just say, on on Twitter were saying, "Oh, well, why did he not mention that to Chris Chris Hutton before?" Um, now we don't know if he did. Uh, he wasn't Chris Chris Hutton's assistant manager. Uh, he was just a I say just a, but he he was a first team coach. Um, and just like in any job, you you get set a job by your manager or uh, you know your boss, whoever it is, and you go with their approach, even if you don't necessarily agree with it. Um, that happens in in all lines of work. Really, you might have a different, you might have a thought in your head of a different way of doing things, but not necessarily are you allowed to to express that in, in your day job. So, you know, Stephen Reed, for all we know, might have said that to to Trollope and and Chris Hutton, but you know, it, seemingly they they seemed quite stubborn in the way that they were, they were doing things. So it impressed me quite a lot actually that he did decide to. To change the formation. Well, we, another... we speculated on that. On that point, we had speculated, obviously, at the close of the window, that that, that might be a route that they were potentially looking at, at going down in terms of the three at the back, at least. Because well, yeah, but they the did centre half in Max Lowe is a probably you know an attacking fullback. His attributes probably. But why know, not do well, it straight the after the? Nighter was that he was better going forward. Jed Spence was the same thing in terms of better going forward. So the mindset and the ideas. But they didn't do it straight yes, after the international break, break, did they? They they didn't do it straight after the international break, which is no. probably where people expected. You know, you've got that two weeks to implement a formation. So even if Stephen Reed, you know, for example, that that was on the cards for a little while, let's say, um, I think he has to take credit for actually implementing it in this game in such a short space of time. Play, can I play devil's advocate on that point though, as well? You do it. Um, I 100% agree. It didn't do it straight away. There could have been, and I'm, and I'm, I'm clutching at straws here for, for Chris Hutton, there could have been a mindset of what was the point in going 3-4-3 at home to Cardiff when you know 
the following Wednesday night, you're going to have to revert to a back four, potentially, because Jed Spence therefore can't play against Middlesbrough. Well, now, there well, is an argument you could have played, you could have just played Richardson. Well, what we can say is that the setup for both games didn't work. He didn't Correct. set up with no, a back agree. three agree. at home to Cardiff. And we lost. I did say I was clutching at straws. Yeah, you really are. Um, we didn't set up with a back three against Cardiff. We lost. And obviously, yeah, we did obviously do the same old against uh, Middlesbrough and we lost again. Um, and I think also at the same time that he still had the players available after the international break. Yeah, I get it. The right back situation was, was still a problem one, but actually there were options, whether it be youth or not. Um, to play the formation that he might have wanted to have played against those games. So I, I, I don't think he was ever fully committed to, to change the way he was doing things. And I think Stephen Reid, uh, fair play to him, did change it. Now, look, I'm not saying he's he's the Messiah for changing it, but fair play to him for actually just coming. He's, he's got probably what he knows is a one-game opportunity. And he's gone, do you know what? Let's just do what, what I want to do. Uh, with Joyce alongside him, fair play to him as well, and and it's worked, and you can't deny that. No, you can't. And actually, as I said, I, I thought he, he he was very clear and concise in in both the pre match and the post match interviews. I would like to, I would hope he would stay on in in the new coaching setup. Hopefully, there's a role there at Forest because you know. Paul Taylor talked in his athletic chat yesterday that Stephen Reid is a player who's quite well liked behind the scenes and quite liked by the players. Now that's not that's not everything, but obviously there's a rapport going on there with the players and 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 look to be able to to make that change and to implement and to get across his ideas in in less than 48 hours as we talked about. I I think that speaks volume. So so yeah, huge kudos to to Stephen Reid for that and it worked. Let's. The formation side, there was some also there were some big brave calls in there from a from a selection point of view as well. Samba back in for for Horvath, obviously Figueredo taking the place of Ember So, which we're slightly surprised about, and obviously Graben getting the nod up front instead of Lyle Taylor, obviously going one up top. Um, Lolly coming in, obviously Zinconago was um, was was injured with an ankle knock. Um, were you surprised by any of that? Obviously, the one that we we'd had debated. Beforehand, obviously, off the back of um, Borough midweek, was the goalkeeper. Um, I was very clear in my thought that that, that Samba had to come straight back in, um, and obviously Stephen Reid thought the same. Yeah, I think that was a ballsy move. To be quite honest, I thought um, as managers go, really, you might have kept Horvath in um, from a confidence perspective. Um, I know he was terrible midweek. Both me and you can can claim that definitely, but um, I thought it was it was a big call maybe to to just shove him straight out straight away, uh, but he went for him. He he went for Samba. Uh, Samba Samba performed, um, and you know, to be fair to Horvath, you know he, that that's that's a learning curve for him. The other the other choices, obviously, I mean, the formation changed for some of it, and be so got forced off in the last game um, because of, of the back pass to Horvath, which probably didn't help him at all. But again, he's he's a young player. Again, that's a, that's a confidence one. What I would say about that one is, is that Worrell does operate well on the right-hand side of a three. McKenna seemingly operates well on the left-hand side of a three. So 
Figueredo does seem like the obvious choice in the middle as kind of your big central uh, central midfielder, central defender. Um, and obviously, you've already spoke about Lolly. That one was was more forced, but it was nice to see him um, in confidence. Um, and we all know about his Instagram post. Um, yeah, we'll come on to that in a minute. Don't worry, yeah, we've um, got that. We've got that it, as a talking point. <laughs> it was nice to see him in confidence and and, and back in the team. First and foremost, though, the the third shirt looked absolutely banging yesterday. I must admit, I, I couldn't wear it. I can't really look at it for too long, but it, it obviously worked. I'm glad. Huddersfield uh, couldn't look at it either. I'm uh, glad. Uh, I, I surrendered. And well, I'm glad I wasn't able to watch it on TV. Um, you had to turn the contrast down if you were well, watching that on the box. Well, so I would have had to have worn sun, sunglasses as soon as I turned the contrast down anyway. So, I mean, God, that is a an eyesore. It's like seeing two highlighters on each player. Absolutely well, they did the trick. I think she wear it every game. Um, started off brightly. The one thing that you would have wanted, Stephen Reid would have asked his players, is to come out and we've talked about it at length. I feel like a broken record, but try and impose their own game. And that's so that going back to his pre pre match, you know, I think he was asked in the press conference what 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 would Huddersfield do, and obviously look, they, he said that they were aware, but actually we're just focusing on what we can do and how we can hurt them. And that was quite refreshing as well in terms of, of his approach to it, in terms of let's just focus on us. Let's get our job right. And if we get that right, we'll do all right. And that was pretty much it from the off, wasn't it? Forrest came out, just looked a different side completely. You know, I wouldn't say the confidence was back, but they they were they were causing problems for, for Huddersfield. And um, great, great run by Johnson um, for, for the opening goal. Just the pace that that lad, I mean, similar to the to the run he had at Coventry away on the opening day, to, to actually get past his man and fire in what was, a, I mean, an absolutely glorious ball for a striker to run onto. But again, credit to Graben because, I mean, he was talking about after the game, it, 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 you know, it's food and drink for, for a good striker, but he's still got to get there and get his head on it and direct it in. And I just thought all around, just a great goal, great ball from Johnson, great finish from Graben. Um, you could hopefully see that, you know, causing a lot of teams trouble this season, that combination. Yeah, and I think the refreshing thing was, was that obviously you spoke about Forrest going about their own business, their own way there, but Forrest this season so far have maybe only done that for 10, 15, 20 minutes. Um, Forrest did that, I wasn't at the match, but seemingly for for a longer period of time and, and knew the quality that they could impose within that first half of the match. And their game plan really was to get in front um, and then they can start thinking about other ways of doing things. And that's not always been the case uh, at Forest this season. Uh, talking about Brennan Johnson there, yeah, you're spot on. Um, obviously, I was at Coventry away. His, his speed and his awareness, I would say, more than anything for a young player his awareness of where other people are on the pitch, that cross is spot on. Um, and yeah, Graben has to dive and fair play to Graben. May I just also say another player who's had huge amounts of criticism from myself, I will admit that, uh, is a beautiful header. Um, so so the goal, the first goal is fantastic. Um, and it's good, good teamwork all around for that first half. I mean, they really worked their backsides off. Um, and it, it was a refreshing approach to a game that we've probably not seen for some time. After we've watched the games that we had to watch for most of last season on the telly, where it was, you know, really drab, 
Um, it looks like that game was was chalk and cheese. It, yeah. it was brilliant. Yeah, and look, they got the goal straight after half time because obviously that it's really we've we've talked again at length about Forest need to go and get go and get a second and then you know protect what you've got instead instead of trying to protect the one nil. Um, I mean, couldn't have asked better timing. Literally straight after half time, it's gone down as an OG, but but we'll we'll give it to 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 Lolly. I mean, grab and try to get on the end of it uh, as every good goal scorer would. But um, yeah, superb again. Lolly with a goal, he'll that'll do his, you know, whether he got it or not, but that'll do his confidence. He, he looked lively again yesterday, and then from that moment onwards, as you say, it, it was then about protecting what we've got. And players were, were working their absolute nuts off. I mean, the fact that players were going down towards the end with cramp just shows you, uh, you know, how much they put in and how much that. That meant to them, and they did have to work hard. I mean, Forest for, the, for on on a whole, the Forest only had twenty nine percent possession, but Huddersfield didn't really cause them too many problems. There was a couple of headers in the second half, but but other than that, Forest will, will look at that as a a, a routine two nil win, if you like, and, and potentially you might be disappointed they didn't get a third. Um, and yeah, absolutely, just absolutely superb. Couple of players have been there that, that deserve a shout out. We've talked about Johnson, we've talked about Grabbin. Hundred percent agree. Grabbin gets far too much stick. For a player who's scored the goals that he has, living off scraps for the last few years. Again, superb. Gotta be in the right area at the right time. And yes, delightful header. And um, Jed Spence down that right hand side looks to be a, a, a good player, looks to be a, a really useful addition. Um, and also, look, Ryan Yates epitomised the performance yesterday in terms of just getting getting stuck in, breaking up play, um, and just being Ryan Yates in reality. And um, probably his best performance of, of the season. Um, yeah, just just all round, just fully deserved. And and what can you say? The tactics and the setup and everything was just spot on yesterday. Yeah, it was nice to see. And obviously, away from home, you're always going to have that offensive setup uh, a part of the game or on a few phases of the game. Really, games go through phases, and and Forrest did that really well. And again, you have to credit the the management for for that game for for doing that. Um, and they, they managed it really well. The subs were spot on for when they needed the subs. It's easy to say that, I suppose, after a win. And if it wasn't a win, then we might be questioning things. But on the surface of it, it seems like a, a really good coaching management uh, situation that happened there. Yeah, Jed Spence seems to, you know, I thought he was really impressive in his his debut for Forest. Um, again, it was a shame for him not to be playing against his, his actual club, Middlesbrough, in, in midweek. I think, to be fair, the performance, even if he was playing for all his quality, um, probably wouldn't have helped so much anyway. But, um, you know, he obviously did really well uh, this weekend. Uh, and you spoke about Ryan Yates there. Again, I will fully admit I'm a, I'm a huge critic of, of Ryan Yates, as there are many people. Um, and when you criticise a player like Ryan Yates, you have to praise a player when when he does well. And um, he did well this weekend. And fair play to him. And I hope you know, under a new formation and a new manager and a manager that uh, sounds like he appreciates youth quite a lot. Um, he can thrive under under that kind of management. 
Um, for all his performances that I've criticised this weekend, he he put in a good performance, and uh, hopefully that continues. And I think, as we said, as we said up top, I think it might be a setup and a formation that Forest now get used to. And we can talk about that in the Steve Cooper section in a minute. But yes, that might be helping some players. It feels like it fits the low and the Spencers of, of this world just naturally in terms of their natural game at fullback. But in terms of the centre midfield partnership, they've they've got you know even greater protection of three centre halves behind them, which means they can get forward and obviously bridge that gap towards the front three a little bit more, which has been a criticism of Forest. Uh, this season and last, obviously, in terms of the midfield sitting too deep and the gap and the lines between the, the midfield and the forwards being, you know, far yeah, too deep. I think, deep. I well, think the, 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 key is, the key has been, hasn't it, really, with Forrest, that the central midfield hasn't really ever felt like they, they had a role. Not had a role, but they didn't really know what their role was within the team. And maybe one was being asked something and the other one was being asked something else. And together, they didn't actually... Uh, string together anything together um, it, whereas in this new formation it felt like they were both on the same page even Garner you know a, a player last season who was incredibly highly rated and still highly rated now may I may I add but hasn't maybe been the Garner we knew before um, and I think that's been a combination of a few things probably with the inevitability of Chris Hutton being on the end of his reign but you know, I think it, it seems like a different performance from them. I think Lowe and Spence have added something and added a bit of confidence to the team. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to come on to it, but the the new setup hopefully will um, will will carry on with this confident confident vein. The, the important thing is, is that the new manager has a plan B and not just this plan A. I think just to finish off on the Huddersfield game, well, the last thing I'll say about the actual day itself was how good was it as well at the end just to see the, the, the players and fans united for the first time probably since the opening day of the season. Great scenes at the final whistle and, and the players going towards the away end and, and chants of Reedy. Uh, it was just great to see it and hopefully we can keep that vibe going on. And There has been some criticism, uh, albeit from people like Chris Sutton, which we'll take with a huge pinch of salt, about uh, criticism of the players and obviously sticking up a lot, a lot of pundits sticking up for Chris Hutton, uh, saying that obviously the you know the players weren't trying, the players need to look at themselves in the mirror. And um, on the flip side, slight I would say it was subtle. I don't think it was that subtle. Dig from 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 Joe Lolly, obviously on his Instagram post, um, quite simply just said, "Miss that, miss that feeling, freedom and expression." Um, it was a criticism that we'd heard of Chris Hutton prior to, to, to not just Joe Lolly's outburst there. We, we talked about Grant Holt um, talking about his time under under Hutton on another podcast. Um, it, it, it does fit, and obviously the Lyle Taylor to it, uh, WhatsApp messages, which we now obviously believe to be true, as, we, as we've talked about previously. Um, I don't think all was well in the camp, and it certainly wasn't well from, a, from the attacking player's point of view, was it? Um you know, shame to see because, as we say, Chris Hutton is a, is, is a good man. But yeah, it wasn't as united in the in the background as you would, as, as obviously some people would obviously like you to believe. No, of course not. But that that's what always happens at the end of a manager's reign. Look, Sutton is from Nottingham and uh, probably has very firm eyes on um, on Nottingham Forest Football Club. He's just a grumpy, so he makes you look like you know he makes you look happy. Put it that way. So. I think that's harsh on Sutton. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, 
I get why he's saying that because look, when these people in the media come out, and, and we all knew, by the way, when whenever Hewton got sacked, of course, he's not going for a football club. So at some point, he was always going to get sacked. Um, it wasn't going to be on his terms. Um, there was always going to be a bit of. I was actually surprised there wasn't more. Um, I was actually surprised that actually the first thing that a lot of the big gods went out and did was get, went go for Wilder. They didn't give a two hoops about Houghton. It's pretty certainly. hard to argue this though that Forrest had had to do No, ex- exactly, exactly. But but I did think um, there was going to be more of him trying to defend his case. Um, and sort of, look, uh, and someone did argue, I watched the clip and someone argued back and went, well, yeah, when I'm, and all these football players, they've all been in cases where football managers are about to be sacked and Look, I'm not saying Forest players dropped, dropped how hard they worked, but you don't always work up to 100% when you know someone that you're working for is probably going to go. And obviously, I, I mean, we were there on Wednesday night and it, it wasn't 100% for me, but they might argue differently. But that's not a criticism of the Forest players. That is just the fact of football and life and work and what, what's well, it's not. It's the factor of the environment that you're working in, right? It's the same mm. in any job. If the environment that you're working in isn't a great environment, it doesn't make you want to skip into work and obviously give, you know, no. give your all. Or even if you are giving your all, you're giving it under a certain set of, uh, you know, factors. And, you know, the, the environment no. that you're in does play a huge part. Yeah. The environment and, and the, that Forest and the, found themselves in this year has not been great. And that does have an effect on morale and therefore has a knock-on effect on, on, on performance. So it all just spirals. It's great to have that winning feeling back. Let's just hope, as we said at the start, that they just use this now as a platform to kick on and that the season starts now. Right, Steve Cooper. It's been, what, three or four days now since Chris Houston's gone. Forest of Teasing is here. It's, it's much longer than the usual 15, 20 minutes uh, that we have in between managers in, in previous uh in previous departures and arrivals and um, he's currently 20 to 1 on so i think it's a matter of time so i mean that steve cooper is going to be the next forest manager you would imagine he'll be in place from tomorrow i would imagine that that things seem to be going smoothly compensation agrees with swansea matter of obviously agreeing his contract and his backroom staff but you would think they would all want this now in place of uh so that he can have a full week in, in in charge of the players, obviously get a feel for it, and obviously it all all being well, obviously, but therefore lead up to his first game being at home to Millwall on Saturday. Um, Forest have been fairly decisive with Cooper. A lot of stuff's come out obviously since Thursday. A lot of chatter, uh, a lot of articles, a lot of posts, obviously from from the Athletic, etc. Uh, Paul Taylor, Daniel Taylor, and um, it appears obviously. Steve Cooper was was Dane Murphy's number one choice, and, and whilst obviously they they've been putting feelers out for quite some time, uh, in terms of just getting a gauge on who would be available, who would be interested, um, he is the number one choice. He is the man that they've wanted. Much to the disappointments of other candidates, obviously Wilder has obviously come out in the last twenty four forty hours and talks about how Forrest is is an amazing club and how he would have really liked to to have a chance to talk to Forrest about the job. We said on Thursday, I think that speaks volumes still about as mad as this job is and the amount of managers that we go to, we go through. Sorry, Forest is still a big club. It is still a job that people want. Um, and 
I think, it, yeah, it speaks volumes that someone like Chris Wilder would want to talk to Forrest throughout the job. But Steve Cooper's the man who, who Forrest have got faith in. He, they think he, he fits the mantra, fits the bill, fits what, what Dane Murphy wants to put together. And, and he's been their number one choice. Has your... Now, obviously, you've allowed it to sink in. And obviously, you know, there's been a lot of posts on social, lots of things written and said about Steve Cooper in, in, in the last few days. Have your thoughts on the potential appointment changed? Um, I mean, where, where's your head at now? It does it does seem split. I think a lot of that is potentially governed by the fact that Chris Wilder was available and Chris Wilder wanted it. Yeah, I mean, no. Um, but I am quite stubborn, aren't I? I mean, um, look, I said, didn't I, in the, the last podcast episode that, um, that, that I thought, uh, I, I got why they were going for Steve Cooper. Um, and he, he did seem to fit in some ways with the philosophy that they might have wanted to have gone for in terms of, you know, if you look at his stats from, from the last, well, the, the seasons he spent with Swansea, they had the second lowest net spend in the league. So obviously that might be in quite some consideration considering the job that he did. Um my opinion is purely based on style. Now, I, I, I've seen a lot of fans going, well, how can you judge a manager based on style and uh, uh, from one job? Um, and I've also seen a lot of people going, well, um, he, he got a club to the playoffs. Well, we just appointed a manager that got multiple clubs promoted, multiple clubs to the playoffs. Uh uh, well, and, and to be fair to the fans, the last time I looked actually at the polls, about 75 to 80% of them wanted Chris Hewton. Um, I doubt 75 to 80% wanted him at, at the end of his reign. <laughs> so um, I think it's it, it's a cautious optimism for me. Um, and that's not me saying because we appointed Chris Hewton um, that another successful, previously successful manager can't work. I get that's not works, trust me. Um, we've had managers like Billy Davis, for example, who uh, took Derby to the playoffs um, and, and did very well at Forest. Um, but the simple matter of the fact is, is that um, my concern lies at style um, and whether Forest fans will have the cautious approach that I think Dane Murphy and Steve Cooper will want, which I don't think they will, but they might have to. Um, but don't get me wrong, his, his philosophy for youth and the fact that he's already worked with the likes of Brennan Johnson and Alex Mighton is obviously a really nice thing to have. Um, Chris Wilder, for me, was probably more the personality I wanted. I said in the last episode that I wanted a bit of a, a full throttle manager, if you like, um, mental, I think, was what the words you used. But mental. We'll, 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 I'm not we'll, saying we'll refrain that. Is it? I think it full full throttle is a, is a better way of describing. Yeah, it. I, I think mental was probably a bad a way bad of describing it. Yes. Yeah, but full throttle and someone that I felt like could could g up both the players and outside of the pitch is what I said, wasn't it? Yeah. And, and that yeah. included both the board. But most importantly for me, the fans. And I felt like Chris Wilder was someone that could instantly get everyone on side. Um, Steve Cooper, for me, is yet to show that from a Swansea perspective. But who's to say he's not going to end up being a cheerleader by the time he ends up on that touchline at, at Forest? I doubt it. I've seen his face. 
But um, harsh, harsh, man. We'll you're, see. You're going in harsh on poor, poor Steve Cooper. Um, <laughs> yeah, look for me. I, I am quietly confident. The more I kind of read, and don't get me wrong, there is just the Swansea viewpoint as well. You got to take that into consideration, uh, as per you know the Chris Hutton consideration when we spoke at length. You know, we talked to. So to Brighton supporters, you got the feedback from Norwich supporters, etc. Yes, his track record was was promotion, but it all came with this underpinned uh, underpinned of, of kind of negative football. Was, was the feedback? Um, depends how you see negative football, right? If you're winning every week, is that negative because you're winning? Um, but I am quietly confident. I, I like some. I like a lot of the stuff I. I hear about Steve Cooper. I read about Steve Cooper. His his ability and his track record of working with youth, not necessarily from a Swansea point of view. Although you know we gave specific examples on Thursday, where there were examples of players in that Swansea setup that he's improved, and those players have gone on now to to, to bigger and better moves now, playing in the Premier League. Um, so he has got a track record of working with the England, in the England setup, working with some really good players and, and helping to foster them. When he was at Swansea, obviously that relationship then carried through. He's able to, you know, he's got a lot of contacts within the game where he was able to pick up some some really good uh, loans. Obviously, has, has helped him out no end during the two years he had at Swansea. And I just think for the philosophy and and the vision that Dane Murphy has put in place, we talked at length in the recent weeks, didn't we, when we were speculating about Chris Houston's future. And I think we we were both in agreement that whilst at the, at the very offset of this season, we wanted Chris Houston to be given time and that, you know, we wanted this merry-go, managerial merry-go-round to stop. There was a concern there that Chris Houston didn't quite fit into the Dane Murphy mould and what he'd be looking for. Well, I think Steve Cooper does. And I think, if, if you know, Dane Murphy talks about his free, his free um, objectives of the transfer window of, of lowering the squad, um, making the you know lowering the size of the squad, obviously bringing the, the the age of the squad down as well, and obviously looking at the wages within the squad. Well, I think Steve Cooper will be able to to help uh, facilitate a lot of that, and obviously bring through the youth, which obviously Forest have got a great academy. You can just see that in the first team squad now, right? And obviously the players that we've had come through that academy in recent years and the players that are knocking around currently in the under-18s, under-23 setup, there's a lot of players there that are really highly thought of and it'd be really interesting to see Steve Cooper work with those players and mould those players and, and bring those players into the, the first team setup. So, and, and I think also he'll work within the setup that Forest have. So, you know, I saw an article today actually written about Chris Houston where you know it was a it was a it was in the sun and it was probably written by Nixon. So I'll take it with a huge bucket full of salt, won't even take it with a pinch. But there was a, a, you know saying that Chris Houston was so dismayed by what was happening in the last day of the window that he, he left work early, got in his car and went because none of the players that he was asking for or putting forward were, were being uh, listened to and it was all being done by committee. Well, I think Steve Cooper will come into that with his eyes open. That would have been kind of said to him from the off, I think, that that is how Forrest operate. He'll come in with the mantra of a head coach. Um, and I, I, I can see it working really well, and I can really see why Forrest have, Forrest have gone for Steve Cooper. I obviously posted on our Twitter handle at the weekend or on Friday. I mean, what is important to Forrest right now? Is it style? 
or is it about substance and getting points on the board? And I think we would all agree we want both. Right, ultimately, that's what you want as a fan. We talked about Thursday. You go to football to be entertained. You want to be entertained. But Forest needs substance. Forest need points on the board. They need to get them quickly. And they've obviously had a good result that, that Steve Cooper can use this weekend to build off. The two points you said about style, the, 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 the two things I would say was Sabri Ramucci was quite well liked at Forest right up until the end. And I wouldn't suggest he was playing a swashbuckling style of football. That uh, that had Forest fans on the edge of the seats, but he won an awful lot, and he was he was he was loved by Forest fans right up until the very end, where obviously it, it turned for him. Because to your point earlier, there was no Plan B. So yes, it will all be about Steve Cooper being able to adapt. The second point is when Billy Davis took the job on all those years ago. The the the, the, the feedback on Billy Davis was that he was a one nil merchant and that his football was pretty dire, pretty, uh, you know, not necessarily as defensive as, as Chris Hughton, et cetera, but it wasn't uh, the best football. Well, Billy's team that he built at Forest was quite entertaining, I must say. So, again, I think you've just, you know, and actually the, the, the reputation that Steve Cooper went into Swansea with was around playing, attacking, you know, attractive football. It, the manager can only play and, 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 and use the players that he's built with. So, I think from that point of view, we'll just have to judge Steve Cooper on what he builds at Forest. But I think all round, I think it's a very sensible appointment for Forest. Yeah, but he's got an ugly face, hasn't he? He has. He has. <laughs> the negative yeah. football, though, because obviously on the negative football, let's be honest, he has been at Swansea. Now, Swansea, a bit like Derby, talk about the Derby way. Swansea have the Swansea way. Um, I'm sure we look, let's go, we have a, a Forest way. There's a Forest way of, of a, a historical. Forest way of playing, we all know that. But Swansea do have a, a, in recent history, do have a Swansea way in terms of playing attractive football, getting the ball down, attacking teams. Um, we talked about it with Martinez, Rogers, you know, managers like that in the past. You know, that's quite, a, you know, for him to go in there, that'll be the benchmark. And maybe Steve Cooper hasn't lived up to that benchmark of the Swansea way. But he didn't do bad, did he? Let's be honest. No, no. And I think going back to your point where you said about, I think, was it a Nixon article this morning? Um, Well, people need to get out of that mindset, really, for Forrest, because we're not going to have a manager running things anymore. That was really a non-story because, well, I suppose for Houston, it might have been a story because at the time he was probably offered that. But since then, it's it's changed. Uh, But going forward, that will be a a non-story because the club will do all the transfers, not the not the manager. That's the structure that we've agreed to. And that's the structure that a lot of the modern clubs do now. So that's the end of that one. But um yeah, when it comes to to Cooper and his his time at Swansea, yeah, I suppose it was a, a position which was quite difficult to take in terms of the fact that the previous managers had played football which was incredibly entertaining. Um I mean, his predecessor was Graham Potter. Graham Potter's gone on to Brighton and done a pretty decent job, let's be honest, as well. So he was taking over from a from a guy who'd obviously gone on to a bigger job. And, yeah, look, it, it was a difficult – not a difficult job, but there was a bit of pressure. And, and there is a there is an identity. There is a style there at Swansea. And, and maybe he's not – 
he's not lived up to that. It'd be really interesting. We have got an episode lined up, haven't we, on Thursday mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Swans Cast. They're going to join us, and, and we're just going to pick their brains in terms of what we can expect. We hope that will will obviously be released on the Friday next Friday, just before the Millwall game, because it'd be really interesting to hear their their viewpoint. Because you know you can pick up on articles, you can pick up on Twitter posts, etc. It's really hard to gauge whether that is reality. So I think that'll be really interesting. For, for us to hear directly from those guys, I think I think Cooper was like at Swansea. Their opinion will be similar, probably to ours under Lamucci, which is, um, you know, when you're winning games, does that really matter? I can remember the whole time under Lamucci thinking, this isn't amazing, uh, but it did get us results. Now I think Cooper's football was a lot more possession based and, and and entertaining than Lamucci's was. That's the one thing I will add right there. No offense to Lamucci and all his crazy fans. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously there is question marks still about him and he's, you know, the way he might go and, and approach games. The, the one thing I will add to that is that obviously he knows he's going to a club which is going after a manager which is. Uh, the opinion of him is is that the football wasn't great and they've just seen a game which Stephen Reid, who I hope will stay as part of his coaching team, um, was was quite positive. And the same with Warren Joyce, who I know is part of the academy team, but you know can at least put his input into that. Um, so Steve Cooper will know what, what the Forest fans want when he comes in um, and he'll know, you know what the expectations are um, and who knows? I mean, the one thing I would add to all this Swansea stuff and about uh, the way he played was actually Swansea's team was was very good. Um, they had Ayu up front, which I know we've got obviously La Taylor for a starter and uh, Lewis Graben um, and and Silva. Um, but but their team was was very good actually on on paper, is what I would add. Um, we can only see what he's going to do. We can only see what he's going to do. And I think for all my reservations, um, I will always support the manager of Nottingham Forest Football Club. That's the that's the truth of it. But I, I gave Hewton loads of time, even though I, I didn't want him either. But I'm hoping Cooper will obviously be far better than what we got served up under Hewton. I'm just, yeah, I'm just excited in the fact that I just hope it's an appointment that can bring the whole club together. And I mean that both from a fan base perspective, but obviously internally as well, because obviously there, there, there are, there have potentially been fractions and Chris Hewton was, you know, wasn't not criticism necessarily of Hewton. He, he did bring through youth players and there was a, obviously a, 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 a great deal of, of, of youth involved this year through, through vet, because of various reasons. But I just wonder, given given the background that Steve Cooper's had, how much of an influence people like Gary Brazil might have had in this appointment in terms of just the harmony now of bringing. You know, you talk, you've talked a lot tonight about Warren Joyce, etc., and obviously Andy Reid as well um, from the Twenty Threes. It'd be interesting to see how you know Steve Cooper, given his background, whether they, you know, how well they all integrate. And obviously, we know that Gary Brazil now has got a bigger role at the club, and, and I just wonder how much of a recommendation this might have been from from Go, because I'm I'm sure Gary Brazil knows Steve Cooper um, from his previous England role, etc. So it will be interesting to see to see how that works out. I think just to go back to what we talked about in terms of a plan B, the one thing I quite like about Steve Cooper is 
everyone has already started talking about how he, you know, he favours a free free four three or you know various models that, but but free at the back fundamentally wasn't always the case at Swansea. So actually, in his first kind of three quarters of his his first season at Swansea, they actually favoured the four two three one. And lots of Forest fans will go gold, but. It started to, you know, that season started to peter out for them. Obviously, that infamous season where they ended up catching us and pipping us on the last day. But he switched it towards the end of the season, and look what happened. And he's a manager that 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 can, you know, he he, he has that in his locker to be able to flip it and switch it, and you know, tactically has that now about him. So I, I, I'm intrigued to see how he goes, but I'm, I'm quietly optimistic. I'm quite excited. Um, as I say, I don't think we're going to turn into Brazil overnight. My expectations aren't that we're going to turn into Brazil overnight. Um, but I think it's a good choice, and I can see why Forest have gone to it. So look, let's fingers crossed. Anyway, he's not he's not signed, sealed. It's not it's not officially done and dusted. But obviously, we will expect him in place um, next week for his first game. Then it'll be Millwall um, on Saturday. Um, we're not going to go into this too much into too much depth because we've covered a lot tonight. But always a tricky game, Millwall, Tom. This will be no different. Um, Millwall under Gary out. They're not the best start to the season. Currently sat in 18th, eight points on the board. Um, drew 1-1 at home to Coventry this weekend. They've drawn, drawn three, lost one of their four away games so far this season. So, again, you wouldn't think this is going to be a, 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 a great spectacle. They're, they're a tough team, though. They're a tough nut to crack, Millwall. Yeah, usually they start incredibly well, don't they? And just drop. They're always my favourites to kind of be up there and then just drop, Fall drop away. as quickly as they can. Yeah. Fall away. Uh, but in the last game, actually, they played a 3-4-3. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Forest line up for that one, especially if Cooper is in charge. Um, yeah, I mean, they are an interesting one. The the thing you can expect with Millwall is, is that... Um, It'll be kind of the same as what you always expect. It's going to be a hard-fought game. Um, they're going to have Cooper potentially in charge, who, um, you know, that's a that's a tough one to start. But with Forrest at home, you'd hope that Millwall will be one where they can pick, potentially pick up a, another three points. Um, but it won't be easy. They're going to have to be up for the battle. I think Cooper will know that. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be really interesting. Yeah, Forrest got... I mean, I can't see anything other than... The Forest setting up the same and obviously keeping a, a, an unchanged team. Always difficult. That was Stephen Reed's team. Cooper, you would think, is going to get at least four, if not a full five days training in um, if he's announced tomorrow morning. Um, but it'd be hard to, to shift that that team. Obviously, fits in his, his, in his, in his style of a 3-4-3 three, three anyway. So, Forest and Chains, watch out, men, for, for, for Millwall. Will be, obviously, Jed Wallace is a good player. He's one of their star men. Matt Smith, if he plays, if he starts, we all know what, what a danger he can be. Obviously, we remember him from a couple of years ago. So, it will be tough. Um, give us your prediction. I'm going to go for the carry-on of a new manager bounce. Um, I'm going to go for 2-1 Forest. Yeah, I agree. I think first home win of the season incoming. I'm going to go 2 nil again. I think Forest will win this one 2-0. I don't think it'll be pretty. Uh, I think Millwall will have a right good go at us. But um, yeah, I, f- I fancy Forest to, to win this one 2-0. Um, right, that's it. Let's wrap it up. Um, if you want to email us, obviously you can get us at time added on pod outlook.com or you can reach us on twitter at time added on pod 
or you can read our blog, which is timeaddedonpod.wixsite.com forward slash home. As I say, we'll be back on Thursday night, Friday morning, with an episode with Swans Cast, talking all things Steve Cooper, all being well and good. Um, otherwise, we will see you next Sunday for hopefully to talk about what is another Forest win. You read.